Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bird Brothers podcast. I am one of your feathered hosts, Falcon, joined as always by my good friend, Condor. How are you doing today, Condor? Oh, well, hello, everybody. I'm doing just fine, Falcon. Thanks for asking. I'm ready to talk about a new anime that I have not watched before. And just let me say, uh, we are watching it. We watched a pretty interesting one, and we have lots of good things and some maybe some bad things to talk mm-hmm. about, right? Oh, of course. And uh, before we talk about that, uh, this we did pick this show in particular. Um, I had a friend pass away uh, last week. He was a huge Gundam fan. Uh, so I felt like, let's watch a Gundam show. It's a good way to uh, kind of pay memory to him and everything. Uh, so this episode is dedicated to my bud, Sean. I uh, hope you're doing great wherever you are, buddy. And uh, let's uh, talk about uh, some Iron-Blooded Orphans. That's right. The anime that we have watched this week is Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Yeah, that sounds like such a hard, hard-ass title, you know? There's, there's going to be, be some good stuff in this, you know? Yeah, uh, you know, it's going to have some great stuff. Uh, let's see. So, Condor, do you want to tell everybody what it is about? Um, I can bring a, l- a little bit of a synopsis, if you don't mind. Okay. So there is two seasons for this anime and on the uh, Wikia page. It says it has like the synopsis for uh, both of them. But I'll just say the season one, obviously, because we only watch season one for the anime. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just a forewarning, if you're not like a big Gundam fan, there might be some things you don't understand, uh, but I'll, I'll try to my best to explain what I can. It is now the post-disaster era. Roughly 300 years have passed since the end of the great conflict known as the Calamity War. The Earth sphere had lost its previous governing structure and a new world was created under new systems of government. While a temporary peace had arrived, the seeds of a new conflict were being sown in the Mars sphere far away from Earth. The protagonist, a boy named Mikazuki, belongs to a private security company called Christ Guard Security, CGS. The company accepts a mission to escort a lady, Kudelia Ina Bernstein, a girl who seeks liberation of the Martian city of Christ from the rule of one of Earth's major powers. However, the military organization Gallerhorn attacks CGS in order to nip this rebe- rebellion in the bud. CGS begins an evacuation using uh, the main character and the other children as decoys. I think that's as much as I'll say for the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Gives a little little thought. So basically, you got this. Uh, you got this group. Uh, this group of kids, right? Like mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> Probably legitimate oldest. kids. I actually, I don't, I'm not sure how old the oldest one is. Oh, um, apparently, he's set, apparently one of them 17. So let's just say like around 17, yeah. 18 for the older ones. And they're uh, in this company and uh, they get this mission to uh, escort this girl to Earth. And uh, there's this military come that's like, oh, we don't want that to happen because we're happy with everything the way it is and you can't mess it up. So they come and try to kill the kids. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it fails, and the main character gets a really cool mobile Gundam suit, just like the title, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And he's really good with it, even though he's never been in it before. Right. And so uh, pretty, yeah, much, pretty much it. pretty much, yeah, there was a giant war 300 years ago. This military company called Gallerhorn uh, made Gundam frames, and they had, I think, like 80 different Gundam frames that were all unique. And they used this to stop the war and stop the fighting. It kind of made peace everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gallerhorn is now kind of this, like, unofficial world military kind of deal or intergalactic military yeah um they mo- operate mostly in earth um but they the show talks about how they're they're kind of corrupt now they don't really care about the ideals they used to have um 
and they especially hate Martians. They don't like anybody from Mars, really. Um, but Mars is doing really bad. Um, so this Kudelia girl lives on Mars, and she's trying to fight for uh, independent free trade on Mars because the trade on Mars is very uh, greatly hampered, and it's causing the people there to be live in poverty, essentially. Um, but CGS is this company that all these kids work for. Um, a lot of them are orphans or what they call human debris, which is where they were found in space, captured, and sold. So kind of like slaves, essentially. Um, but they all have this uh, system implanted into them as well called the, uh, how did I just forget it? Uh, I, uh, the they Ali- every- Ally Vigium thingy? Hold on, I could find it. Yeah, uh, Alia, I don't remember. It's confused. I always forget what it's called. And I, I've literally finished it yesterday. I should remember. Yeah, they uh, mentioned it so much, but it's a really do. like unique It's a really name. weird name. Uh, maybe uh, I, let me uh, see. Uh, we click on Mikazoo. <laughs> but essentially, yeah, they end up, uh, Gowerhorn ends up attacking because CGS took a job to transport Kudelia to Earth. Um, and uh, they don't want that to happen because they don't want her to get free trade and all that. So it is called the Alaya Vijnana system. That's right. I don't think we pronounced that right, but it, who cares? It's it's. Crazy. I, I I pronounced it as best as I can. Alaya Vijnana. Yeah. That's what it says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's. I'm not even gonna care. Uh, I think it's like Vignanist or something. It's like, basically this thing yeah. that lets them like be more one with the robots. And yeah, like, they the they get to use. Robot. They essentially are one with the robots. Instead of just like having controls and moving it around and looking, you actually like you still have controls and stuff, but you have like sensory awareness as if you are the robot. So it's not you having to like move the camera around. Like you can actually you have better awareness of everything. Yeah, which makes you react faster essentially. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, and that's but- shown a lot in the show too, because uh, at first I'm just like, what makes this system so special? But mm-hmm. then you see when, he, when the main character is fighting the enemies, they're like, wow, he's moving a lot more faster than us. I wonder why. So you could tell it's really the system that's making the big difference in their combat abilities. Yeah, they essentially, uh, when Gowerhorn attacks, the higher-ups at CGS try to flee and leave all the kids to die. Um, so with that happened, uh, the kids decide they're just going to revolt and uh revolution yeah they kick off out all the old guys or kill a lot of them even you find out uh they end up renaming it tekadin and taking kudelia to earth as part of their first mission um while having to evade gallerhorn along the way essentially um but that's the main purpose of season one really is them protecting kudelia getting her to earth um and i guess that means we can start talking about the characters oh boy the characters oh boy and we'll start off at first with the main... I, yeah, he's probably the main character, Mikazuki. He's definitely the main character, you know? I mm-hmm. would agree with that. He is the first character that's shown in the opening, so he must be the main character, right? Yeah. Real quick, before we get into the characters, I just want to mention that this this was originally an anime. So the mm-hmm. anime is the original source material. There is a manga afterward that might be show like a little side story of the series. Mm-hmm. But the anime ran from 2015 to 2017. However, yeah. that's both seasons. We for this podcast, we've only watched season one. Yeah, we only had time to watch uh, the first season during this holiday week. At the time of this recording, it's Black mm-hmm. Friday week, so it, it's really yeah. tough for some of us who work retail. Mm-hmm. So, so um, it's we only watched the first twenty-five episodes. Mm-hmm. So feel free to strap in as we talk about the lovely characters. Yep, yep. Uh, so Mikazuki uh, is. Does it say his age on here? He's probably sixteen. He he's all, probably a lot younger than Orga. I'd say between 14 and 16. 
Um, I can find it. He's not like super little. Um, Yeah, he is very uh, easygoing, very calm and collected. Um, Wow, it doesn't actually say his age. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I was like. It doesn't say. Um, I always thought he was just like one, two years younger than Oregon. Oregon is probably like 17. But his eye color is blue. His eye color is blue. That's very important. Fun fact. Um, Yeah, but uh, he... uh, very calm collected he follows orga around just like a little puppy a lot uh he and orga are very close uh orga has told him he's gonna take him to the place where they belong so mikazuki is blindly following orga until orga can take him to this so-called like paradise or place or whatever um he uh he appears emotion yeah i'd say that's right he doesn't really show his emotions a lot he appears emotionless and he's also usually pretty blunt about things um but he's very focused and especially in battle, uh, he is extremely cold-blooded. He's just going to defeat whoever's in front of him because that's his job. Yeah, he's basically like the perfect war uh, machine for like the war which they're fighting against the mm-hmm. other military. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add about Mikazuki? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of didn't like him personally as a main character. I feel mm-hmm. like that character trope is kind of lackluster for a main character. I mean, it's yeah. it's only he has his cool moments when he's fighting and everything, but for a main character, there's not really much character growth. I think the only uh, time he might have been questioning himself was uh, during the, the during like the halfway point of season one when he was fighting that like blonde guy in space. And uh, he's the blonde guy. Was like, "You like killing, don't you? It must be really fun for you." And he's like, "Do I like killing?" Yeah, he honestly doesn't know. He's he doesn't just like, know. "Maybe I do." I'm hoping that's expanded upon in season two. But as of season one, I really think he's not that good of a main character. Not opinion. He's still a good character, but not a good main character. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like Orga, or maybe even Kudelia would have been a better main character because they have I feel like they have more of a character development. I feel like honestly, in my opinion. I feel like Oriya really is the main character, um, but they just show us more about Mikazuki. I feel like Oriya fits the bill a lot better. But yeah, um, you find out even through flashbacks at an early, early age, Mikazuki and Oriya essentially are just orphans on the street just trying to survive. And you see really early on, like, eight or nine-year-old Mikazuki just, like, shooting a guy in the head. You like, can tell their blood is iron or something. Yeah, like, uh, so he's he's had to grow up like fighting for himself and just kind of having to do whatever it takes to get by as a lot of these kids uh, in Tekken and had had to do. Um, but otherwise he's, he doesn't really grow much. He's very one note. Um, he's just kind of the stoic guy who's there to be really, really good at fighting. Uh, he doesn't learn many people's names. He calls two of the main bad guys, uh, chocolate boy and chocolate <laughs> boy's friend. And then he can't pronounce chocolate boy's friend's name when he does learn the name. So he calls him galley galley. Or no, golly golly, maybe? Either One of the or, two. yeah. It's pretty uh, funny. But he's like, oh, it's golly golly again. And it's just like, okay, but uh, otherwise he doesn't really care about most things. He's just there to do whatever Oregon he's needed to, to do. Too. Yeah. Um, and before that, uh, I'm looking at his voice actor in the dub, which is Kyle McCarley. Uh, let's see. He's done, he's done several things, but nothing I feel like is super, super great. Uh, oh, he played Ryota Watari from Your Lion April, so the best oh. friend for those of you there. Uh, let's see, he was in Dorabara X2. Oh, he was uh, Iruka Sensei in a uh, Nardo Shippuden. Wow, uh, good old Iruka Sensei. Never, I didn't enough wa- love. Oh, that's actually a good question. Well, did you watch the anime dubbed or subbed Falcon? I did watch it dubbed, I watched it on the Funimation app. I watched it subbed, I watched it on Crunchyroll. 
Gotcha. So we um, listen to two different voices. <laughs> oh, he is also in JoJo for you, Chimp. Uh, he is Narancia Giriga. I don't know who that is. Must be a villain. Someone with a uh, purple hair and like a red bandana on their head. Which JoJo? Uh, Golden Wind. Oh, say the name again one more time. Narancia Giriga. Oh, is he like a kid with like black hair and a bandana? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's one of the main characters. Oh, okay. That's cool. Oh, he's also Psyche from The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. I have not watched that anime. I haven't either, but I know a lot of people like that one. So I just thought time to watch that next. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that would lead us next into our boy Orga, who you could argue is the main character. Well, even if he's not the main character, Orga is mm-hmm. more of the leader type. He, he honestly yeah. really cares for all the people in Tekadon. He doesn't want anyone to die. He doesn't want any, anyone to sacrifice. He wants to just be there with his whole friends who he considers a family mm-hmm. as he wants them all to successfully strive in the universe and just become noticed, noticed and have jobs right. and make sure everyone's happy. That's basically Orga's character to a T, but he's a really cool guy. He's 17, the mm-hmm. leader of Tekadon, you know, yeah. might potentially have a love interest with an older lady. That's really cool. Good Maybe. for him. <laughs> um, yeah. But otherwise he's very, he's very responsible, uh, but he's also very reckless. Uh, he has a very strong sense of responsibility as well. Um, but yeah. A lot of his plans are very uh, reckless and kind of extremely risky. Um, but he's able to pull them off simply because he trusts everybody and everybody knows he trusts them uh, so that he's he's very good at empowering them, I guess. He's definitely um, the leader type, so he fits mm-hmm. his character really well. He's not afraid to ask for advice. He ends up getting like a mentor figure uh, in the show, a guy by the name of Naze. He has he never ca- hesitates to ask Naze for advice as to what he should do or how should, he should handle things. One thing I really liked with him is at one part um, – they'd all been working and they just had some of their teammates die in a fight and they're going to be docking. And he flat out tells them like, give them time off, give them money to do what, you know, let them enjoy things for a bit. They've been working really hard. They just went through this thing and he doesn't see the point of spending the money on it. Cause they're a very new company. They have very little money. They're worried about running out. Um, he's like, literally just give them all like a night to celebrate. Why not? It's like all the younger kids, he bought like I think it's just like a bunch of like sweets and cakes and stuff for them to eat on the on the ship, and then all the yeah that older teenagers cool. he takes to one of the bars out on the satellite, um, <laughs> and pays for them to get drinks, and some of them also pay for other things. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, he's he's good. He tries to improve all the time. Uh, the weight of losing people hangs on him, especially one more towards the end. I really like the uh, I really like Orga as a character. He's mm-hmm. pretty good. Something I should say about this. Uh, I I just want to say I, I, this is my first time watching a Gundam series. This is my very first Gundam I've ever watched. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't really have many expectations for characters. I just expected some really cool mech fights. But if I may just be honest, the mech fights were just kind of mediocre at best. But the mm-hmm. character development was really good. Not as good as say March comes in like a lion per se, but it was oh, a no. lot better than I expected. So I was really enjoying uh, all the characters and how they interacted with the story and everything. So that's oh, why I really yeah. like Orga because I feel like he played his role really well. And when he was down, he picked himself right back up when he really needed to and just kept yeah. pursuing to his goal. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a lot of good people to re- rely on between Naze and then uh, I just forgot her name, the kind of like ad- administrative lady they get. Uh, his uh, love interest, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his love interest. Uh, 
For sure. Um, yeah, he had a lot of good people to rely on to kind of help him out, pick up the slack if he needed it. Um, her name is Mary Bit. Yeah, I was like, I forgot her name. It wasn't a weird name. Uh, but also in the dub, he is voiced by John and Young Bosch. Uh, oh, so, is he really? Uh, yeah, he is. Oh my so, god, uh, I missed that out. Oh my yeah. god, I would have loved uh, to hear I mean, that. You all probably know who he is. Uh, so I don't feel like I have to give his roles out, but uh, he's Makoto from Free, <laughs> uh, Lelouch from Code Geass. Um, he's also isn't he Ichigo from uh from Bleach? I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's you know he's he's not he's not Kami from Persona. I don't know if you mentioned that. <laughs> uh, he is Narukami for Persona. I did not mention that. He's, He's also, also Randaro and Hajime from Danganronpa. Basically, if you if you know Johnny Young Bosch. Uh, he's a pretty famous voice actor, so you probably heard him a few times in roles. And if you don't know, mm-hmm. he's pretty popular. Yeah, you, you've definitely heard him uh, before somewhere. Good to he know that he plays another was, prominent role in another anime. Yeah, uh, he also was Adam the Black Power Ranger from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So, you know... Uh, if you watch the original Power Rangers as a kid, you definitely know who he is. He's the uh, guy who says, I'm a frog That's uh, in the movie. Uh, that is not Common Rider, but that is a topic for another day. Don't get me started. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but just also to kind of let you know, Chimp, Gundam, I kind of feel like is, I kind of consider it the Star Trek of anime. Oh, you don't say. I uh, Yeah, I, that, and I'm probably alone on this, but like Star Trek isn't necessarily about exploring the planets and getting into space battles it's about the people on the ship and how they handle the situations they're given Uh, and it deals with a lot of politics and stuff a lot too from what uh, i've seen personally of star trek i've not seen like every episode or anything um and i feel like gundam's kind of the same way you've got the you've got all the characters interacting where they're going through you've got the kind of like politics side story and most or politics story going on in most of them but then you do have these battles that happen some of them are really cool some of them are really lame but they're there to help keep it from getting too stale essentially i can i personally feel i could get roasted by the whole gundam community on that for all i know i've not seen every gundam show but that's just every single gundam person i mean i might have uh I've only seen a few um, of the series. I've not seen all of them, so I'm not an here, expert. Here, let me, let me try to save it. Uh, uh, big Robot Go Burr. I guess <laughs> big Robot Go big Burr. Robot. There we go. I saved it. You're safe. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but, all right. Uh, anyway, we get a little off topic, but basically, yeah. Org is a pretty good character. I guess we should move on to the next one, who is... Uh, let's do Akihiro next. Okay. Keep it in the Tekken family. Oh, okay. We keep it, keep it family time. All right. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell us about our, our dear friend, Akihiro? So Akihiko is one of the members of Tekken who is considered uh, space debris. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was essentially, you find out he was bought with his brother when they got like their like spaceship or space station got raided when they were little kids, they got separated um, when he got sold to CGS. So he's essentially just been a slave for CGS his whole life. Um, he doesn't have like a lot of personality. He's very serious very i guess goal oriented it kind of seems like um but he originally was his goal was he wanted to find his brother and reunite with his brother but after so many years of not being able to do that he just assumed like his brother's dead because at that point his brother probably wasn't as lucky to go someplace that like kept him fed and whatnot i thought they mentioned he forgot about it until just recently with fulfilling the warmth of a family again i thought yeah like they said yes but he also says he just assumed he was dead and since he just assumed he was dead he kind of just forgot all about his brother because what was the point um but uh but yeah then uh was talking about how they are like a big family and whatnot that makes him remember his brother 
uh, which we actually get like a scene with about that later on you know um but we don't talk too much right um but otherwise he's one of the main fighters of the crew uh besides mikazuki he's probably their best fighter they have on the team um but he does also has this system in him the ally of ijnana uh yeah pretty much every every kid from cgs has it because uh krieg the guy who originally bought them phrased it as the kids are useless if they don't have it um so CGS is like a military force, but they also did like some scrapping and stuff. So they had these mini kind of mobile suits called mobile workers that they would have mm-hmm. the kids pilot and they all have the A-list Vignana system or whatever in it. Uh, so they all had to have it to operate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he, he has it as well. Um, he's one of the better ones with it. Uh, yeah. other- Basically they get, so in the beginning of the show, they only have the one that they found in their base, but Mm -hmm. uh, as they like defeat some of the enemies, they like steal them and like make them their own. So basically they, the one that Akihiro controls is the one that was like their first like major bad guy from Gallowhorn that they fought. And they're like, oh, this is mine now. I'm stealing it. Commander Cranks. They, they salvaged it and uh, made it Akihiko's. And then they Sal- salvage another one from an enemy group that then becomes Akihiko's. Uh, but then I think the other old one becomes Shino's, I think. Um, otherwise, as, he's... As your, as your co-host and fellow friend, I must remind you that it's actually Akihiro and not Akihiko. That's the third time you said that. Oh, my bad. It's okay. I don't want the fans to get angry at you any more than they already are. My apologies. I mean, they're probably already like, what? This dude. <laughs> okay. I'm surprised, they're, I'm surprised they're still listening. I know. They probably clicked <laughs> off and are like, man, you suck. Anyway, um, as Akihiro uh, continues with the with, into the show, he's kind of like this guy who's just there. Like, I remember the first scene. I think it's episode one where, like, I guess the people from uh, they're, before they're called Tekken, they're all goofed around. And Akihiro's like, oh, you guys are so annoying. And he leaves. But, like, as the show goes on, he, like, opens up a little bit more with his feelings and stuff. I honestly thought he might get, like, with one of the girls from uh, from Naze's group, maybe, because mm-hmm. it looked like that's what the show is pointing towards. But All of Naze's crew is married to Naze. I, I don't know. Maybe they're like, I want a divorce. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he would uh, care, I feel like, you know? I think Akihiko's was more for a storyline they didn't. Akihiro, my bad. I said it again. Uh, Someone's got a persona on the brain. Yeah, I have persona on the brain, apparently. Um, but uh, he uh, he didn't view his life worth anything since he was just a piece of space debris. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Tekken takes over, Orga gives them, like, if you got, like, a paper or something from the person who, like, had bought you, you could, like, you essentially weren't debris anymore and you were free to do whatever. And Orga there's a scene at the end where they take over he's like hey he get all the space debris people he's like i'm giving you all this you can stay with tekken and have a job or you can do whatever you want you know i don't care the option's yours i kind of um, did view him as the leader of the space debris in the beginning he seemed like the leader type yeah. at the time well really there's only i think one other member who was actually like space debris who actually like has a name that we really see much of um but yeah uh and I, they all kind of open him up to the fact of they like him, they want him to be there. And so that he kind of starts feeling the whole family kind of thing. So I feel like at the start, he didn't really have a personality because he just views himself as a tool, just waiting till the time he dies um, to where later on, he kind of actually gets to value his life more. And I feel like they just didn't do that super well. Um, But he is voiced by Doug Erholtz, who is the voice of Squall Leonhart from Final Fantasy. Also Python from a couple of the Final Fantasy Fantasy 8. Yeah, the worst one. 
uh, ooh, triggered. I'm kicking you out of this room right now. That's okay. I'll uh, excuse myself. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he was also Jean-Pierre Polnareff from uh, Stardust Crusaders. Okay, okay. I like that. I like where this, uh, this, this is the best character in Stardust Crusaders. Oh, is it? Okay. He is. Uh, he's also Awesome Asada Toby and oh. Kankuro from Naruto. Oh, okay. That's a good uh, So he's just had... Several good appearances. I never had some prominent roles, yeah. Heard of him, but that he's he's done bigger names than I thought he would be. Uh but yeah. Uh, what so a I gamer. Yes, we should move on. Who's our next character? Miss Kudelia Ina Bernstein. All right, all right. I I'll, I'll take the wing here. We got this character, right. right? Her name is Kudelia, right? She's a she's mm-hmm. a blonde girl. She's she seems like she's a got rich way girl. too much hair. She really do got too, too much, much hair. hair. Oh, I will admit that she her hair was kind of a little goofy looking when I first saw. I'm like, what is this girl with this hair? It's not as ridiculous when she has it just pulled back in a ponytail, but otherwise it's just like hair everywhere. And I'm like, Kudelia, stop, cut it. Like you can do that. <laughs> So basically, she's this Martian character who's trying to seek peace with Earth and trying to, like, I guess, sell, like, try to do, trade half metals or something. I never really understood that angle of the show. Mm-hmm. But um, basically, she hires Tekadon to escort her to Earth on the way. And on the way to Earth, she grows as a character. At first, she's, like, really conflicted about, like, everything that's happening. But as she grows, she realizes she has to make a decision no matter the consequences and that makes her a pretty interesting character she's like a really nice character who ends up falling for the main character obviously as mm-hmm. usual hero- heroines do you know our little main character Mikazuki might get his own little harem too because there's another girl who's interested in him you know good old Atra and it was really weird how they were kind of Atra was just like oh I accept this 100% <laughs> I think my favorite if- Atra moment was where they just meet the turbans and she's like, maybe Mikazuki and I can. She doesn't think she can beat out Kudelia for Mikazuki's uh, affection. So she's like, maybe we can just have what Mr. Naze has. We can just be a happy threesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that, that, that made me laugh. Oh, I'm just like, oh, that's so goofy. But basically, yeah. Kudelia is a. Uh, she, uh, she is shown with her maid, uh, Fumitan, who is mm-hmm. another character who basically comes from her, uh, uh, her. I guess she's a rich girl, right, Falcon? Kudelia is, yes. Her yeah, father is one of the richer Mar- Martians. Yeah, so basically what she wants is to just, for peace and everything between Earth and Mars and to bring, I think she wants to save her hometown from like the destruction of like Gallerhorn or something. I think that was the plot point. I didn't really focus too much on that part. But basically as a character, she's a really interesting one. who you probably wouldn't really like at first, but as the show goes on, she's actually really interesting and she learns from her, her character faults and just grows, you know? She she's the one who goes through the most character development. She doesn't yeah, really definitely. want to save her town from Gallerhorn. It's just there's so many trade restrictions on Mars. They've got these like half metals, but Earth apparently has like the same half metals. But Earthlings are very kind of racist against Martians. They view Martians as like dirty and they don't really like Martians. So the Mars half metals aren't worth near as much as the Earth half metals. So because of that, the people of Mars you're living in poverty because that's one of the few like industries they have on Mars. Really? Um, you find out that like farming on Mars is worth nothing. Uh, a lot of the farmers on Mars go out of business because they just can't keep up paying people and living off what they make. Um, but there's one character whose family owns like a cornfield, like a corn farm. And you find out if he wasn't working for CGS, they would go out of business because they have to rely on his salary to keep them afloat kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's wanting just, fair trade agreements with mars so that way the people of mars can actually 
live and not be in poverty all the time. So she's saving her hometown by getting them back into livable conditions, essentially. And um, just go all the way to Earth to make that happen. Yeah, and she doesn't want like any like violence or death or anything. She just wants this to happen, but she quickly realizes that Gallerhorn doesn't want her to succeed because they're taking advantage of the fact that all the Martians are living in poverty and that they can't have good trade routes and whatnot. Um, so they want Kudelia dead. Um, that's kind of the whole deal. Gallerhorn doesn't want her there because she's going to mess things up. They feel like if she gets Mars, their independence and all of this, that other people will revolt and then nobody leaves Gallerhorn. So they're trying to stop her. Um, and she quickly has to kind of realize that her what she's wanting, she's going to have to fight for. She can't just make like some appeal and then just everything magically be okay. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of her getting over her naivety of what's going to actually happen if she wants this and does she want this bad enough for that, for the consequences or whatnot. Um, yeah, she's very uh, hopeful, very idealistic. Um, and that yeah, she, never changes as the show goes on. She just becomes more realistic. It doesn't. She just gets over her naiveness to realize, like, yeah, this is still what needs to happen. And you know what? Yeah, I've realized people are going to have to die. But so be it. Like, if they have to die so that way people for generations can be free and happy, like, all right, I'm down with that. But she really has to struggle with it. And I really like... They give her enough screen time to show it very well. I, I do like that a lot with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Something the there... show is really good at is showing each of the characters, even the ones we're not mentioning, because there's a lot of characters in this show of art mm-hmm. for Gallarhorn that I'm not Gallarhorn for Tekadon that they focus on. Uh, we're, 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 we're just to save time and to talk about other things, we're not talking about all of them, but a lot of them get yeah. their own moments as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, she they... was voiced in the dub by Jeremy Lay. Oh. Who is uh, best girl Makoto Nijima from Persona 5. That's right. Uh, no, one, no one is better than Makoto Nijima. No one else I've, matters from her nobody. history of voice acting. Definitely, no. definitely nobody else with this, that starts with the letter K. Nope. Oh, but she also voices Pepper in One Piece. Do you remember who Pepper was? Oh, no. <laughs> one of Usopp's little pirates from his hometown. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Oh, uh, I'm trying to say. Okay. I know she's, she's done a bunch of other stuff. I'm just trying to figure someone. Oh, she did Asuna and Sword Art Online. I was like, that. I know oh. she's done a bunch of stuff. Serata from Boruto. Oh, oh god. Oh, you know, it. Uh, Sailor Venus from uh. Sailor Moon. Uh, and uh, Popuko from Pop Team Epic. That's Poggers, dude. Which I personally never got into, but people really like. I've so heard I figured things. I haven't watched it either. The music. I tr- I watched like the first two episodes. I was like, not for me. Well, um, anything else about uh, Kudelia, or do we just want to move on to uh, uh, the next one? Get a haircut. Yeah, Kudelia, get a haircut, please. Get a, get a haircut. And uh, we will now move on to Best Boy Biscuit. Oh, he's your best boy, Biscuit. What do you What do you think about our boy Biscuit, Chim? I, I think or he Condor. Ate, I think he ate one too many biscuits. If you know what he, I'm saying. He did. He- <laughs> <laughs> I got him. <laughs> no, Biscuit's like this. Uh, he, he was definitely the so he's like the strategist of Tekadon. You know, he he's even though we have Orga, who is pretty smart, as we mentioned, he's pretty rash with his decisions. So mm-hmm. uh, he likes to confer to Biscuit sometimes and value his opinion over. So he's more like the 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 strategist in the group. Uh, basically, he's a very kind, caring person. He has a he has a family. He has a grandmother, two sisters, and a brother. The brother's okay. working all on his own somewhere while back on Mars. His uh, two sisters and grandma work on like a, a farm there, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, the reason why he wants to do everything he does in Tekadon is because he wants to put his two little sisters into into school to give them like a good education and stuff. So that's why he goes along the job. He doesn't really fight, honestly. I don't. I don't think he I've doesn't. really seen him fight, other than like a few times in the show, like near the end. But other than that, he, like he's more of the strategist, the talker of the group. He's he's he the behind the scenes everything. guy. But he's a really wholesome guy who really cares about everybody really, like, sweetly and stuff. And so. he has two sisters called Cookie and Cracker. I know. What? And his name is Biscuit. Jeez, someone mm-hmm. was really Biscuit. hungry when they named their children. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, I guess we should point out, too, that people on Mars don't have, like, a good education system because they're all too poor to afford anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find out a lot of the people in Tekadon are very illiterate they don't know how to like read or write or anything yeah that's why uh, mikazuki is such a good fighter is he doesn't know how to read or write so he views fighting as like the one thing he can do in the group um so he just is like the fighter guy uh kudeli yeah. actually tries to teach them some while she's with them him and she, like she all the other like little that. kids too yeah she's like you can't read brr i love when the little kids are making fun that they write better than mikazuki it's like we write better than you yeah it's like, yeah uh, we're better haha ha. yeah biscuit I feel like he's very much the glue that holds Tekadon together. Um, he's the one that like everybody like unanimously likes. Uh, he also seems to have the best head on his shoulders as far as like reasoning works. Like Orga's always coming up with these over the top plans that are very reckless. And he's the one who tries to kind of rein Orga in, usually not successfully. He's one's kind of like, but if we do that, then this is going to happen. Then if this happens, this is going to happen. He he's very, I guess, the realist of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, not like cynical realist. Like he's still hopeful and is confident they can pull stuff off. But he's very much like we have to think about all the options here. So we'll do that. Um, but he's there. He's kind of everybody's best friend. Um, let's see. He's also voiced by Eric Kimmerer. Oh, Eric, of course. He played a uh, Speedo Sound Sonic from One Punch Man. Oh boy! Uh, who else? I saw some other people here. Um, he also played Teruki Hanazawa from Mob Psycho. Oh, Blue Teruki. from Pokemon Generations. Wow! Uh, and Ryuji from Toradora. Oh, I you know that's a good show right there. That's I like cool. Toradora. Toradora is, in fact, a good show. That's um, a good one. Anything else about our boy Biscuit? Uh, he needs to get on a weight loss program. If you know Oof, what I'm saying. Saying Biscuit's fat. No, he's Poor he's he, no he's fluffy. He's fluffy. I want to give him a big hug because he's so wholesome. All righty. Would um, you hug Biscuit Falcon? I would hug Biscuit. He seems like he'd be a good hugger. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. They point out that they're very unhygienic on that ship, so maybe I wouldn't uh, hug Biscuit. I would ooh. be like only after you take a shower. Yeah. Um, I guess next, I'm going to go out of order that I wrote them on my list. And we'll talk about Naze next. Oh, you mean the guy who literally has 50 girls to his beck and call? I love yeah, that. the Mr. Harem guy. The Harem guy. So this, is, so, so this, is, this is literally, so real quick, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about the openings later. But I just want to mention, the opening actually has two versions, right? And in the mm. first version of the opening, you have this guy, right? And you don't know who he is yet until like episode eight or nine. But you, he, they show him with like a girl kissing him, right? Yeah. But when they introduce him, they change the opening. And it's still like the same thing. But he's surrounded. He's like sitting on a couch and there's other girls around mm-hmm. him. Basically, yeah. he, he runs his own like ship uh what was it called the turbans the turbans that's right because his last name is turban and um mm-hmm. it's just him he's the only guy everybody else on the ship is 
is a is a girl who he is married to. That's yes. right. He, uh, they they have do children. have some babies on there, but yeah, otherwise it's just him and his wives. Just oh, like I think fifty of them, right? <laughs> yeah, like fifty or something. Yeah, there's like fifty wives, and it's just like, oh my god, this is this is just like, wow, I can't believe this anime did something like this, you know? Mm-hmm. But basically, he's the guy who uh, who is like, he's there, he's he's smug, he knows what he wants, but he also really cares about people, and he, I think he's he he uh him and Orga, the they're both leaders of their group. Mm-hmm. They uh go to their benefactor, which uh, do you know the name of the benefactor, the guy? Uh, I remember it, he worked for Tawas, but I don't remember hey. if Tawas was his actual name or not. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Uh, yeah, I'm looking. McMurdo. McMurdo. That's and right, he yeah, was yeah. McMurdo Barrison. He, by the way, was voiced by uh, old Joseph from uh, Jojo Bizarre Adventure in the South. Yeah. But um, uh, basically, they become like blood brothers in a sense where they like rely on each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And he and he does help him out. Uh, I'm sorry. Naze does help out Uh taking on a lot with renting them some of their not renting them but having some of the ladies help out and fight mm-hmm. but he's a pretty he's a pretty good leader pretty good character probably makes he makes some of the boys on Tekadon jealous of what he has you know I remember some of the characters I think Eugene was like why why does he have to have 50 and I can't even talk to one girl yeah oh Eugene <laughs> but basically Naza is a pretty good character probably my favorite character in the sense of that just because of because he literally has like 50 women Mm-hmm. on him you know it's just like wow what an interesting character i wonder what he did but basically the reason why he has all these women is because he's actually just a nice guy who picked up all these women who had like nowhere to go it's revealed mm-hmm. later in the show that that's the reason which shows him as a really kind person who really cares about anything that's uh who he can take care of you know right he's definitely the type of person who seems like he has a lot of regrets and he's trying not to make any more regrets as he goes forward with his life yeah and i feel like that's why he picked up tech it in because he saw that they essentially were like the girls. They're just this group of kids who had to take over. They don't really know what they're doing. So I think he feels, I think he's very charitable. So he sees them as this when Orga asks if they can become members of Tewas or part of the organization and whatnot, because they realize Gallarhorn's going to be following them every step of the way and they need a guide to get to Earth successfully. I feel like that's why he kind of takes them under his wing. He feels like, he can relate to Origa, but also these kids just like really need him. Um, he's a really great guy. Um, the turbans have some notoriety, so he's very good at what he does as well. Um, but yeah, it's just him and his wives and the babies. And then when they're not babies anymore, he sends them off to school. So they're not on the ship anymore. Uh, but it, it's fun. He's a fun guy. Uh, uh, he's also voiced by David Vincent, who plays ZZ from jojo's bizarre adventure stardust crusaders don't know who it is the picture's just him dude with like a bloody nose or something i don't know i don't know uh let's see uh gilgamesh from fate stay night wow uh, i haven't either um do 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 uh, i'm trying to see if there's anything else of note he seems to be one of the last ones uh he played richard in tales of graces I mean, he didn't really have a big prominent role in the show. I mean, he was still there and he did a lot, yeah. but I just want to talk about him because he's my favorite. I feel like he did more than you're giving him credit for. Um, no, he he's, did. He's very important, but yeah, he's, he's not He's very like, important, but not like super important, you know? Oh, he also played Duval on One Piece. Whoa, I yeah. hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not right? great. Um, but yeah, that is, that is Naze, which uh, we have two more on our list that we said we'd talk about. All right. Uh, do we want to talk about either Gallio or McGillis first? I'd rather talk about how much I hate Ayn. 
Oh, so you just want to talk about Ayn instead? There's this character who... Nah, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about McMillis. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll save my McGillis. ranting for sort of really bad villains later. Okay. Okay. Uh, so um, McGillis is yes. a commander at Gallerhorn. He is also the son of one of the... Uh, I forgot what they're called, like, the Seven Stars. They're, like, the seven richest, most predominant, like, families yeah, the seven stars. on Earth. Um, he's one of, like, the, uh, like, adopted heirs or something. Um, and he definitely looks like one. Dimitri from Fire Emblem. He does look like Dimitri from Fire Emblem. <laughs> Don't tell Kaizen. Kaizen would be triggered so hard. <laughs> now he's going to watch this and be like, you all talked about me on the podcast. Like, we did. We did. Yeah, we totally did. Because we did that on the first one, and he watched like, you all talked about me. It's like, yeah, we did. Um <laughs> Yeah, he uh, I find he's one of the harder ones to talk about without spoiling a lot. Uh, so basically, Mc, McGillis is this character who is definitely like more of a leader type. He has this aura mm-hmm. that I feel like kind of draws people to him because he kind of has a lot of girls who also kind of like mm-hmm. him too. There's like uh, Galio's little sister who he's supposed to arrange to be married to, and then there's this girl called Carta Issue who was likes her ever since they were children you know but he's basically this guy he also uh pilots like a, a gundam frame as they call him and mm-hmm. he's a pretty formidable guy as he shows but he's a very mysterious character so if you are going to watch the anime you got to keep an eye out for him because his actions might be surprising mm-hmm. what do you think about mcgillis falcon i like mcgillis a lot um i feel like if you've seen other gundams he's kind of similar to a lot of the other characters who fit his archetype um so he's nothing like too stand out or too original um yeah he's definitely a trope 100 (laughs) percent. he's he's very mysterious he's very much uh kind of i I guess mysterious is the best word for him uh yeah he's definitely an interesting character when you learn Mm -hmm. more about him at first he might seem kind of bland but as the show goes on he's definitely the type of character who you'd be like, oh, wow, I can't believe th- he did this thing. Or, wow, I can't believe his actions are, this is what this is what he wants to do, you know? I guess what I can say is he seems very skeptical of a lot of his superiors at Gallarhorn. Like, even when we first appear, it's right after Gallarhorn has attacked wow, CGS like and they failed. And so they're complaining like, oh, we have like this committee coming in the next few days. We need to cover up any trace of this so that way they don't know we messed up. And he showed up early and was like trying to figure out what exactly they did and how badly they messed up and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, Mikazuki calls him Chocolate Guy because uh, <laughs> yeah, he does call him Chocolate they guy. almost Cookie and Cracker run into the road on Mars. And those are Biscuit Sisters. And uh, they have to swerve out of the way so they don't hit Cookie and Cracker. And, and then and so they give, takes give Galio by the, chocolate. the thing. He's like, you never do that again. Yeah, he I takes like, Galio. was like, pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, are we actually just going to kill a villain right here now? Yeah, like he's just like choking <laughs> Galio. And then Galio's like, it's not us. They ran in there. Like Galio's trying to say like it wasn't their fault. They swerved so they want to hit them. And then he, he has to wait till Cookie and Cracker said it was their fault. And then he still doesn't trust them. And then McGill was asking him, I was like, nope, it really was their fault. But don't worry, we sort it out of the way. And he like, gives them chocolate. So he refers to him as chocolate guy the whole series. Whenever he sees like, oh, you're chocolate guy. And it's just like, hey, you got it. Yeah. You're chocolate right. guy's friend. Oh. <laughs> you're chocolate guy's friend. My name is Galio. Okay, golly golly. Um, but uh yeah. Uh what's his voice actor, Falcon? Yeah, his voice actor is Steve Staley, uh, who is Neji Huga from the Naruto series. Oh uh, he is also from Tales of Grace, as he did Hubert. 
So if you're oh, a Grace's fan like myself, me too. Uh, that is there. And just a fun one for me, he was also in Prince of Tennis, I believe, as A.G. Yes, A.G. Kikamura. Well, tennis which is if the best you're course. an O.G. Prince of Tennis fan like me, uh, that will make you happy. And the, you're probably like most people who are like, what? I'm already brimming with happiness. For I know, right? Uh, also, he was in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children as Kadaj. I don't know who that is. Have you not seen Advent Children? Have you not played uh, Crisis Core? I have played Crisis Core. I haven't. Leave me alone. <laughs> but I have you seriously not watched right Advent now. Children? I want to play ball. No, I if haven't. you haven't watched this, uh, we're going to have to watch I that one soon. I haven't even beaten the original seven. I mean, join the crowd. I have uh, the remake. I got it, I bought it for 25 bucks this week. Oh, nice. It's fun. I need to finish that. Anyway, off topic, off topic. Uh, but that's pretty much Gillis. Very opportunistic, very I, I, idealistic. I, I, wait uh, a second. If this yeah. show came before Fire Emblem Three Houses, does that mean Three Houses is copying Gundam? I mean, it's very possible. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, there are right, a couple of similarities to Dimitri, I'll say, but yeah. All right, let's talk about our last villain of the day, uh, whose um, name is uh, Galio, like the star guy. Totally 100%, not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Galio. What's he his has blue thing? hair. Uh, Galio Baudouin. Baudouin, yeah, has, what a weird name. He has blue hair and blue eyes. He's uh, the type of character. He's a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works for Gallahorn as well. I think he's usually he's mostly seen with uh, McGillis a lot. They're, I think they're 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 friends from when they were kids as well. They're they're childhood friends. Childhood and, friends. Uh, yep. Same with the other one, the uh, girl who had the crush on McGillis. Uh, they were all childhood friends. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, he's this guy who really loves Gallahorn. Wants to. Uh, I think he's a, he he's like the type of character who would want to win, but not like any means necessary. You know. Uh, he, he, he's I, very prideful very prideful yeah and, and, like there's times where he fights mikazuki and he like it's either he loses or he ties and he's like oh i'm gonna kill that kid i don't care and he just usually lets his pride get in the way of him which leads to a lot of his downfalls in the show early on he doesn't like failure he was in the battle at the very start when they're attacking uh wait no he wasn't he wasn't oh, he was. That, was, that was that just was crank. uh Ein and crank yeah and then the other guy who died because he was a terrible leader but uh uh <laughs> Yeah, he he fights Mikazuki several times and just never gets to beat him. And because of that, his pride's hurt that he can't beat uh, Martian space trash as he views him. Uh, until he How he wants he to beat Mikazuki because his pride has been hurt for, but otherwise he doesn't necessarily like have anything against them except that they just keep beating him. And that's ruining the name of Gallarhorn that these space rats are beating the almighty Gallarhorn who stopped the Calamity War 300 years ago. Um, that's kind of his whole deal. He, he very much believes in the uh, value of, or not values. Yeah, I guess the values of Gallarhorn yeah. and what they're out to accomplish. Is he also part of one of the seven star families? I think he is. I believe so. Um, but they weren't doing super great. So, or no. They marry McGillis to his younger sister, who's like oh, nine, yeah. I think they say. Like yeah. they're they're engaged. Wait a second. Um, and that's to help McGillis's standing to help him like grow even further. The fact that he is technically a part of one of them already, but he was like adopted into it. Uh, so this is just even further that he is now in like the two like technically a part of the two highest of the seven star families. Um, just though he has even better social standing. Um, but yeah, he even makes the comment about. He's not happy that like his nine-year-old sister is engaged, but he's glad it's to McGillis, who's his best friend or whatever. Um, 
So it's kind of like, I'm not happy she's engaged, but uh, at least it's to you, buddy. <laughs> like, I know you're not going to treat her wrongly. Um, but yeah, that was fun. They they don't even post his age. How am I no. supposed to know how old he is when compared to the little sister? Yeah. Oh, I kind of view them as close to like Origa's age. So I feel like they're probably like 18, maybe 18, 19 max. The girl is nine in the beginning. Yeah. You really she think they're nine. kids? I feel like they're maybe in their like mid 20s or something. Maybe. I mean, they, they seem like they're older, but I don't seem like they don't seem too much older. Maybe they would. Maybe they'd be more like 23 ish. And then I would probably be more like 18 or 19, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess uh, McGillis gives that aura of maturity. Yeah. Uh, but yeah uh otherwise what else you want to talk about uh galio about uh he's horrible for picking up the worst villain in the show oh. they should have mm-hmm. just killed ein in the beginning i'm saying that right now yeah i i was mm, he was interesting um but ein <laughs> is voiced by robbie damon who uh is joe you mean, mean galio or ein. yeah galio my bad i said ein whoops I have not wake, woken up well today. That's okay. I got <laughs> this train wreck of an episode. Ay, ay, ay. We'll quickly um, abort the Gundam. Reject, eject. Eject. Um, eject. He uh, he plays Joe Kido from anything Digimon Adventure since Try, which is just what, really? a fun one for me. Yeah. He's on every Digimon, is that character? Uh, Yeah, since Try oh, came out in 2016, the original voice actor for Joe... I don't remember if he died or if he just said he retired from voice acting and wasn't doing it again. Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so they had to recast Joe, and he's been Joe from Try uh, and uh, the other movie after that that I haven't got to see yet because they canceled the theater showing and I got very bummed. Oof. Uh, what's name? I can't remember at the moment off the top of my head, which is really bugging me. Uh, he also plays a Moomin Rider in One Punch Man. Oh, he's Ray actually from Tales of Asteria. Um, lots of Tales actors on these games, actually. That's impressive. Um, uh, he also plays Smokey from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh boy, which part? Uh, it just says JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm going to assume the first part then. Uh, let's see. And he also, if you are a fellow Gundam fan, was also the voice of Lino Fernandez from Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin. Wow, that must be the first one. As well it's as Ebisu not. from Naruto spinoff, Rock Lee and his Ninja Pals. Whoa, the Whoa. best spinoff! Oh, he also played Spider-Man in Avengers Assemble, the 2013 TV show. Wow, now you know he's he's legit. Now you know he is legit. He played um, in a non-anime or video game role. He's a legit voice actor, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the end of all the characters we said we would talk about out of the myriad of them. Yeah, uh, there, there is a lot of characters as we mentioned. They all have their own moments. We decided to choose the characters that mm-hmm. we thought point that we we thought. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We chose the characters that, that were most that prevalent, most prevalent to us, and that's the ones we talk about. Uh, you might have your own favorite characters. There's tons of characters like Atra or Ayn, who I hate. Or like the the lady Eugene who, Shino, uh, the mechanic, the little guy who also has a sister he wants to put into college and just to school. Oh, Takaki. Yeah, I liked Takaki. He was one of lots my of good characters. See, we're not even talk about him when we like him. See, this yeah. this show is definitely good with its characters. But enough about characters. We should talk about the openings and ending themes. That's right, because we already got our one fun fact out of the way already. Uh, so the first opening. Is called Raise Your Flag. It is performed by Man with a Mission. 
Uh, and that the is the first 13 episodes. It is in the first 13. Ep- well, not episode one, because I didn't have it in episode one. That is actually incorrect, my friend. I'm on the mm-hmm. Wikia page right now. and It actually played at the end of episode one. Oh, I see. I'm on the I'm on the Wikia and it's showing. Oh, it opened the show from two to 13. But oh, okay, I see where I was wrong. Now you were correct. Thank it you. Does for the the same, apparently it does the same thing in the next season where it shows okay. the opening and the ending. No, animes do that. So they don't. Yeah, it's weird. Things. I actually Ruby like does it, too. Do for the yeah that's why ruby's legit <laughs> anime totally um so raise your flag i think out of the two we have is my favorite opening uh just i've listened to it all the time raise uh, your flag is pretty good i really like the vocals i like the little english lyrics at the beginning the animations were pretty cool i even just like that they put like a film grain over it to make it look like more old school i don't know why i just enjoyed that little bit of it but um, i actually like the second opening more i like it's actually Survivor. very good by Blue End Counts. I think they did a few uh, Blue Exorcist openings as well. This one's played with Blue Encounter, the people 25. who did the Blue Exorcist openings? I think so. I've heard of Blue Encounter before. I think they did Blue Exorcist. Let me double check that. I went to their I... Wikipedia page. Let me see. But um, basically, this opening has pretty good visuals as well. And it shows Kudelia as well a lot, especially like the beginning, the middle, the end of the opening. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool in that aspect. It shows a lot of characters. And like in the opening in the beginning, like when you first see it, it shows Kudelia and then behind her, it's like Mikazuki's Gundam all like destroyed. It's like, uh oh, is something bad gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know? Yeah. It was very interesting. I liked it. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like it was good. It took me longer to like it. So I should say, like, I had seen part of the show before we watched it for this week but i I never had finished it i think they might have not done blue exorcist and i just said that maybe because the title is blue maybe that's probably what you're thinking of yeah i'm not finding anything about them doing blue exorcist but also half this page is in japanese so yeah oh well i lied i'm sorry guys please don't hate me it happens but i've definitely i feel like i've definitely heard them somewhere before because the name is very familiar Mm mm-hmm um, otherwise, the two ending themes for this show, the first one is called Orphan's Tears, and Sleep. it is Messia. Sleep. You didn't like it, but you'd sleep. Uh, it, it was okay. I like that visuals with like shows all the characters. The visuals like, is all. really nice. Just them all with Barbatos at the corn farm. Um, I really liked it. Um, definitely not one that like I'm going to remember for forever, but I felt especially the way it starts. I felt it was a great segue. Gundam is one of those where they'll start the ending theme before like the last few minutes of the actual action. And then it kind of fades to the ending sequence or whatever. I felt it tied in really well with that. It did. It made like a nice transition, but as itself, like I'm not just going to listen to the song over and over again. And Um, then the second ending theme. I actually like the second ending theme a lot better. uh, Yeah. That was steel, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I just three? found out where I've recognized Blue and Count from. Oh. They did the first opening of season four to my hero. They did oh, Polaris. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one a lot. They've really also good. done a Gintama opening as well. Okay. So that's why they're familiar to me. Indeed. Polaris is a pretty good song. My hair is a pretty good anime. But yeah, basically I like the second I guess basically I like the second opening and the second ending theme. What about you, Falcon? Do you like the first or second ending theme? I think I like the second ending theme a little bit better. All right. I feel like it like does minded individuals. Just a good it. just as good of a job as like the transition that Orphan's Tears does. But overall it's just a better song in my opinion. I would rather listen to that one again. So now the music and the anime. 
it's actually it's actually good uh mm-hmm. i like the moments when they're like about to do something action like i think the the instruments start playing up it's actually it actually if i'm like distracted or something it actually draws my attention like something good's about to happen you know it gave me that good feeling so i really like the music that's arranged in the show mm-hmm. also the visuals they weren't like super good but they weren't bad i thought they were just they were they were good they were just just good in my yeah. opinion the visuals what did you think about the visuals for the show mr falcon i like them um I like the visuals for the show overall. They're not terrible. They're not super standout. Uh, kind of your typical Gundam animation, which I know you've not seen Gundam, so you wouldn't know what to expect. I've uh, seen Gurren Lagan, but I don't know if it's just kind of the same as that. That's Gurren my Lagan. first Mecha. That's my first Oh, mecha. that was your first Mecha? Okay. Yeah. I know you told me watching this, you weren't a fan of Mechas, but I thought- you I am better. not a fan of Mecha, but honestly, after watching this anime, I might consider giving Mecha a better chance. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm just saying, not for the Mecha fights, because the Mecha fights, I will admit the space ones were pretty cool to see them fighting in space. I really did mm-hmm. like that. But the Mecha fights in general were just kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I kinda, they were not really, really like excessive or good, but it must be really hard to animate like machines as big as those like fighting. So I don't can. blame them for that. But uh, the the character the, the characters is what really hooked me to the show. Honestly, that's why I really like this. It was the mm-hmm. characters. The fighting scenes were good, but not like amazing. Yeah, I the, I love the mech designs from this show. I feel like it has some of my more favorite Gundam mech designs. Although there really aren't too many, so that may be why a lot of Gundams they're a lot more unique. Ones were here. We had several different types of crazes, which is the machine that Crank used at the start. Um, Crank and the iron and all of them at the very beginning. Uh, but then we had Barbatos. We had a slight Barbatos revision. I like Barbatos, yeah. We had the Guosian, the Guosian rebake. <laughs> I think the reason why I like uh, yeah. Barbatos is because he kind of looks similar to like that really key prominent Gundam figure where if you just type in Gundam on Google, you'll see like that guy. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? I know the very, the OG he, Gundam, yeah. He kind of just looks like him. So I'm like, oh, he looks OG. He must be really good. I am not a true Gundam <laughs> fan because I always forget what it actually, the actual like model number is. It's, it's Barbatos. Come on. Uh, no. Like, uh, <laughs> Oh, it's like RX, like 86 or something like that. And all the Gundam fans are going to cringe. Uh, it's okay. I'm cringing for you. But uh, yeah, I should probably just shut up because I like Gundam, but I'm not like a diehard fan of it. Uh, I, mean, I always forget what the actual model is for it. But yeah, that's like the iconic one. Uh, a lot of the main Gundams share that color scheme. So a lot of them kind of are similar. Uh, I should mention this uh, going into the show. Um, if you are a fan if you are a fan of Gundam or you try, you want to get into Gundam, just be warned. There is a lot of deaths in the show on the good and bad side. Mm-hmm. Honestly, from a lot of care, I'm not going to talk about like who specifically died. Yeah, we're not going to spoil. I that. actually, there were some villains who died, and I really felt for them a little bit when they died. Like when they went delve, when they delved into like their backstory and like why they mm-hmm. did the things, and then like when the, some of the main characters died too, I kind of just felt like really sad. I honestly really hate when characters die in a show unless it's like for a good reason. Like, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a fan of Ruby, uh, volume three, where Pira dies, that basically Oof. I hated it. But the reason why that happens is for John to grow as a character, which is really kind of sad that they would have to sacrifice a character for that. But, and I kind of don't like the, the, the way they do it, but we're not talking about Ruby. There is a good way for characters to die as well and make it like good. But like, I feel like Gurren Lagan did a good job with that as well with Kamina, spoiler alert, oopsies. But mm-hmm. I'm, it's an old anime, so if you haven't watched it by now, you're you're, you're spoiled. Congratulations! Yeah, you're, but yeah. Watch this it by show, now. I feel like sometimes the show just throws out deaths where it shouldn't have. And by the way, here's another fun fact. I just want to throw it out there. I told Falcon this earlier before we recorded, but basically the end of season one was supposed to be a lot darker with uh, 
the, a lot of the main characters getting uh, a lot of the main characters dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't mention this to you, Falcon, but Kudelia was supposed to be ostracized by like a lot of people for aligning herself with uh, Tekadon. Like they makes were, sense. And uh, other things as well. So it was supposed to be a lot darker, but because they were making a season two for the anime, they decided to cut a lot of that content out and make it more like friendly. Yeah. So yeah, you guys got lucky. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're gonna, we gotta do a weave question, Falcon. Weave question. Weave oh, shoot. Question. I hadn't even thought of weave questions. Don't oh, worry, no. I got you. I got okay. you, Falcon. Are you ready? All right. All right, I'm ready. Okay, okay. Are you? Would you join Tekadon or would you join Gallarhorn? Ooh. Ooh. Is this me current day or me as a younger Falcon? Why don't you do both? <sighs> Well, take it on as only kids, except for like the mechanic, the accountant lady, and then the one guy back on Mars who's well, looking after the really people they left. You really can't count the accountant lady as an adult, uh, as a part of Tekadon. She's kind of there just there. For well, the, yeah, she's uh, like their Taylor's rep, I guess. But that reminds me, that old guy, he is a part of the uh, show. He's a part of the group, I mean, and he's not a kid. That's no, but he was also like the only adult there besides the other guy who's like helping them like back on Mars that treated them like actual human beings. Uh, I, just had, I just had a moth literally throw itself at my keyboard. Nice. Oh, wow. Poor moth. His name uh, was Nadi Yukino yeah. Joe Kasapa. Kasapa. How old is he? Yeah. He was probably 30s or 40s, maybe. Mm, it doesn't say in the show. Ooh. I mean, he wasn't important enough to get an age. Well, I mean, he was a he was the mechanic of the show. Yeah. He was pretty important, but he didn't get like any good character moments. He's no. like he's he's the type of character who is in the show. And he knows he already knows what he wants. He doesn't need any growth. He needs to say to help the other characters in a way. Yeah, that's the type of character he is. But mm-hmm. I digress. Would you join Tekadon or would you join Gallarhorn? <sighs> I feel like I'd probably join Tekadon. But at the same time, if it was still mainly kids, I could be like, "Oh, that's just a bunch of kids. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that now." And then go the other way. But pr- I would. I would probably join Tekadon if I had my. Ch- I had the choice. I would. What about Gallarhorn. you? Would you join Tekadon? I would, Tekadon kill, or I would join Gallarhorn just so I can kill Ayn. <laughs> wow! Wow! I don't think I've ever heard I'm, you hate I'm, a character this I'm much. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I can tell you why, but it might be a spoiler reason. So no, we can save gotcha. that for after. We but uh, no, the real my real reason is I'll join. I'd probably join Tekadon because I'm just like, hey, uh, these guys are just trying to make a living in the world. And you can respect that, and they're just mm-hmm. kids, and I just want to yeah. try to help them as best as I can. And in a sense, even though I'm 24 years old, I kind of don't view myself as an adult at times. So I, I feel like I still have a bit of a childish mindset at times. So I feel like I'd probably fit right in despite my age. I hear you. I hear you. Anything um, else we got to mention, Mr. Falcon? Uh, out of the fights we had, which one were some of your favorites? Uh, now, as I mentioned, none of the fights really stood out for me. Um, I guess I, if I had to choose one, it'd probably be like the final one in the final episode because mm-hmm. I really liked – I mean, the space ones were all like super cool, but seeing like seeing a giant mech fight – and this is a bit of a spoiler, obviously, for the final fight – I'm not going to say who's fighting who, but uh, it's kind of cool that the, the the setting was in a city. I'm like, finally, mm-hmm. a city where people could possibly destroy buildings, like a giant like Godzilla fight or something. And it, it gave mm-hmm. me that kind of thrill to like, finally see it. So I really like seeing that. So I guess the final fight 
was my favorite in that aspect. But again, none of the fights are really super good in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we almost had a fight at the colonies, but that kind of didn't turn really into anything. You mean the Mars in the big? Oh no, you mean in the, the colonies? Dort. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that I love. Oh my god, the, the fact that they called that Dort it made me. <laughs> I, when I was younger, I always used to call Dirt Dort as like a funny name. So <laughs> it's the fact that they actually made this a reality. I'm just like, oh my god, these colonies are just called Dort. You just predicted Literally Gundam dark. from the I, age of a kid. I predicted Gundam. They read oh, my mind and stole from my ideas. Uh, I yeah. want my money, Gundam. Give me my money. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I would say the final fight would be my favorite. I like that one a lot too. I also like the fight with the Guozhin, uh, which is the big tough one that uh, they steal from the uh, other like mer- the, the guy with the, the yellow hair I mentioned earlier. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay the the crazy guy with aki hero's brother oh, um spoiler. yeah those guys uh that fight i really liked i thought that was a really well done one uh which, that was, was there nice, any others yeah. that i really just enjoyed i also liked the final fight with uh not the final fight uh the second fight with karna where they're on the island and they're Did trying you... to evade you mean with 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 uh with the oh when they're on the island that second mm-hmm. fight oh yeah that is their second fight yeah oh actually I I want I want to change I want to change my mind with my, okay. my fight I actually I'm sorry to be a little like uh quick minded but I actually like the fight when they're on the train and Carter just comes out and she's like I want to set you I want to do you guys fair and square we're gonna do this right and then literally Mikazuki Mikazuki just and starts killing the heck out of all of them it's like. <laughs> Oh! Like, he pretty much just <laughs> killed the first guy. It's like, how dare you charge? That's so barbaric. Oh! It's like, it really get cool. in the Gundam. Like, Mikazuki was not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything for why he acted that way, but he was literally, <laughs> and I apologize for my he, he was not playing around at all. No, he was just like, He was not taking right. any shit. No shit at all from yeah. anybody. He's like, you're dead. No, I don't even care about your rules. You're dead. Gosh, I loved Karna just for how how dumb she was. That was big dumb. Oh my, <laughs> just so dumb you have hurt my pride so we are going to fight honorably send me your three best fighters what you're charging how barbaric have you no manners it's just like ah i was going to do this the right way and you're just attacked it's like yeah okay carney that get was over probably it. my favorite fight because of how brutal it is uh, and that's why again about the mikazuki being not my favorite main character but still a good character just in that aspect i do like that character but not that character as a main character well yeah, i see phrase several times around that point of the show if you're against me or if you stand in my way you're my enemy i'm gonna get you know beat you down so it's like okay you're in my way i'm gonna attack you now um <laughs> but i felt like even taken it was like mikazuki what are you doing and it's just like all right too late now i guess we gotta go <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Uh, get everyone else out there like now he's gonna need some help uh yeah uh well, that was fun. it was great that was my favorite that was my favorite fight now that i think about it <laughs> uh, before we talk spoilers though did you watch the after credits next episode bits at all or uh, did you stop at the ending you mean um i think i watched the end of the final episode but usually when okay. I, I i think there was only showed previews after the ending theme right they did um but in the dub they had different characters talk about them. And so you got like little like character moments, like the little side characters. Oh, I did not do that. Um, <laughs> my I do favorite like when shows do that, but yeah. I, oh, shoot. Watch it. I forgot his name and that's very fitting because he talks about people not knowing who he is. Uh, Chad. Is he Tekadon? Yeah. Uh, Chad, the guy, the Indian looking guy who's always on the bridge. 
Okay. And the other one, like uh, Akihiro, has got the red stripe for being like space debris. You're right. I don't know who that you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about him. He, he has this thing talking about like I'm Chad. I think it was Chad. It was either Chad or uh, the like tech guy who was like disabling doors and stuff when they boarded the burners or whatever. It was one of those two. I think it was Chad though, talking about that's who he is and kind of like what he does and whatnot but people keep forgetting his name and that kind of pisses him off but what's he gonna do about it like they'd have like fun little character moments like that and it was like next time on you know mobile suit gundam iron-blooded orphans blah da, 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 da. but it, it was just really fun i thought it was really the moments like that were fun but also you watch sub so they might not have had those oh they probably did i just didn't but, watch them but it was, it was just fun. I, I thought moments like that were fun that's why we're mention actually that. mentioning the ending i actually want to real quick mention i really like how the anime played the episode into the ending themes i really like when mm-hmm. they do that re-zero did that a lot too and i really like yeah. that so i really like when they do that well, that's why i liked the first ending theme i thought it really fit that like i also noticed it too did. with the ending themes the first one's more hopeful it seems like and the second one's just more just like a solid ending theme yeah so um, it kind of has like the lighter ending theme when the show's more lighthearted, and then when it kind of gets serious just like all right here we go now we have this ending theme um which i, I thought was appropriate i should have mentioned that earlier but i just thought of yes it, so i thought yeah. of it too so don't worry about it um all right um i guess this is all we really talk about before spoilers so would you recommend Iron Blooded Orphans? So here and we if so, go. To who and what would you rate it? I'm I'm not sure if I, I think I mentioned this at the beginning, but mm-hmm. it was really hard for me to like understand mm-hmm. the beginning and the premise of the sh- the show because I feel like I had to know more Gundam history about that. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not going to say that just because of that you should not watch the show. I think it's only like in the first two episodes I was confused, but then like you get into like the plot of the story about taking Cordelia to Earth, mm-hmm. and um. It was actually really good. So I would actually, I, I mean, I'm not really one to speak, but I would recommend this as a first time Gundam show for someone. I feel like this is probably a good way to get into Gundam. And um, I feel like if you're a Gundam fan as well or a Mecha fan, you should watch this as well. Um, I really liked it. I honestly had low expectations because as I mentioned, I'm not a big Mecha fan. So I honestly thought it was going to be a lot of boring Mecha fights, but it wasn't. There was a lot of good character moments. The characters really thought out and well. Um, I'm honestly going to rate this a 7.5. Okay. I really liked it. I was really enjoyable. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. 7.5 out of 10. I was very curious what you would rate it because I knew you weren't a big fan of Gundam. So I kind of felt bad being like, we're going to watch this Gundam show or don't worry, mecha I'll in you general. Watch a show you don't like. But uh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but I was like, eh, I kind of, I just really want to do it. It felt appropriate. Um, yeah. Uh, what about I'm you, not- Falcon? What would you, you rate this show? I liked it. I definitely want to watch the second season, whether it's just on my own or as the podcast will see who knows when uh but i liked it i would definitely recommend it to mecha fans i mean if you're a gun like hardcore gundam fan you've already watched it so that shouldn't really matter if, <laughs> if you're getting you are a hardcore in, gundam fan watch it again i'm not a hardcore gundam fan i like gundam but i don't i've only seen like maybe a fifth of the series so like i wouldn't say i'm hardcore uh i enjoyed it the fights are fine the story is really good i like the characters a lot I think I'm going to agree. I think I, I'd rate it a seven and a half. Um, Gundam is one of those shows. I feel like it's entertaining. It's consistent, but it's never going to be anything standout, amazing, great masterpiece. Um, at least to me, it's kind of like a comfort food anime. Like if I want to watch something I know I'm going to enjoy, I'll watch another Gundam. I'll enjoy it, but that's about it. 
Um, but that yeah. would be what uh, I guess we rate it seven and a half from both of us. Perfect, um, perfect, solid uh, across solid the score. board. Solid, solid, solid good show. Um, so if you don't want to listen to spoilers, you can hop out now and you can check out our Twitter feed at Bird Bro Pod on the Twitter. We're going to start doing more with that fairly soon, but you'll also get notifications as new episodes go up or if there will be any delays. The next, uh, the next anime we are watching. Oh mm-hmm. yes, yes. Oh yes. yeah, we haven't heard this yet. What are we gonna be watching? No, I told you. Oh, oh, like that's what you did. Ago. I'd forgotten. Um, this is because I have a friend in a Discord uh, who's like, "Oh, you should really watch this anime." He would never shut up about it. So mm-hmm. I'm finally watching it. So he'll shut up about it. We will be watching the first season of Spice and Wolf. Spice and Wolf. Another 25 episode banger. And I've heard a lot of. Good, I've actually heard before. I've heard a lot of good things about this anime mm-hmm. before. This guy kept mentioning to watch it all the time. So stay tuned for then. And uh, let's talk about spoilers. Alrighty. So. Oh my God. Okay. Ooh. Let me. I'm just gonna wait 10 seconds. I hate Ayn. I hate him. I feel like he was such a waste of a villain. I feel Whoa, like that's so shocking. We died. haven't heard that at all. He should have died. He should have died literally in the beginning in like the first fight. I don't understand why they kept him alive. I really hated the decision to turn him into like a literal, like like use his body. To, he to, literally is a Gundam. Like they literally, literally made it. I'm a, I'm a Gundam. I'm Gundam Ayn. <laughs> Ayn started off really cool. And I was like, I think I'm going to like this guy. But then yeah, the more I thought he's the same there, thing. He just starts giving into his hatred and anger more and more and more. And then he ends up protecting Golly Golly from an attack from Mikazuki and then almost dies. And literally he's told the only way they can keep him alive is if they give him like cybernetic implants, which would mean he's not a pure human. And so they can't do that, but then otherwise he's going to die. So then he just, they give him the Alia Vignana or whatever, but his is like the upgraded version. And since he can only be kept alive in this like, life-saving fluid thing while he's there he literally is a gundam he can't do anything unless he's in this gundam um (laughs) yeah it was i mean it was kind of the only cool thing was it was cool seeing mikazuki fight someone who has better control of a gundam than he is because he is literally the gundam um so he's controlling everything with his thoughts and feelings as opposed to just getting the spatial awareness but besides that like it really wasn't worth it if you're if you're if you're still listening, uh, obviously you are hit the spoiler section. I just want to mention the reason why I didn't consider Ayn into my rating of the show, which I didn't, by the way. I did really not like his character, and it really sucks that he was like the final big confrontation of the final season. Mm-hmm. But they don't really do that much with him, honestly. No. Like the moments that he's on screen, it's like I want to avenge Crank, and Crank's the guy who like one of the characters who died in the beginning of the show. He's like, I want to avenge my senior because he died to children. I'm gonna beat these children till he's dying. Yeah, that's literally like every single time he sh- appears on the screen. And mm-hmm. so he's like, oh, I want to care about Golly Golly too. Oh no. Ah! Yeah, it seems like I. They never really talked about his backstory, but it seems like he was kind of like a really poor kid. Uh. And he didn't really have much status or anything. And Crank was one of the few people who kind of like gave him like attention and showed that he was like worthwhile and whatnot and cared about him. So when Crank died, that really affected him. And then Galio kind of takes over that role of seeing Ayn's worth. And so I feel like he was just deeply indebted, but he also, because of that, missed the point of what Crank was about. When Crank finds out all of CGS at that point was they were sending kids to fight them he wanted to abort the mission because he didn't want to kill kids he didn't think that was right even if they were the enemy um 
See, that's the whole thing too. Is like then he complains they killed uh, Crank when Crank went down without orders, simply because he couldn't handle the fact that he had willing like killed kids, even though he didn't know they were kids at the time. So he gave them the dual thing as like a premise, but he knew they probably wouldn't take it. It's like he literally wanted to die. He went down there so he could get beat in a duel and die. Um, And he just, he couldn't handle that. So it's like, he's not really paying homage to Crank in a good way because Crank did what Crank wanted to do. He went out how he wanted to. Um, Uh, I just found another fun fact I wish I mentioned in the, uh, I'll mention it now if you're still listening. Another fun fact real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off. But um, apparently... Johnny Young Bosch, the voice actor of, uh, of Orga. Orga, actually auditioned for the role of Mikazuki. Hmm. Okay. Pretty interesting, interesting fact. Just wanted to mention that. Now I'm looking at like the character pages on the wiki. I'm just like, oh, yeah. now that you have their own little trivia thing, I'm like, dang it, I should look at this in the beginning. Oh well, yeah. I'll learn for next time. But uh, yeah, I don't like Ayn. I hate yeah. him. I he's think he's a waste lame. of a. I th- he was cool at the beginning, but then he kind of just kind of wasted his character. I wish. He I just think he had. Died. The most wasted potential. He was the one character that could have been really, really great. He should have died. Like if you would have, if you would have left him how he kind of was at the beginning, where he's kind of still more like new and a novice, learning everything. Then if you were to kill off like Karna or Gallio and all these people, and then have him become like this like really great Gallarhorn soldier, and like at the end of the second season, he's like the final guy. That would be really cool. Um, but they didn't do that. Um, no, they didn't. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, our boy Biscuit is dead. He oh, dies. He's dead. Poor Biscuit. Uh, I really <laughs> hope I didn't spoil anybody. Please, if please, if you are still listening at this point and you really want to watch the show, don't listen any further because there's a lot of character deaths in this mm-hmm. show. Poor Biscuit. Yeah, I, I think what made it so bad is when he went out. He went out right after he and Orga had that huge fight, and they didn't want to make up because they knew there was more important stuff. They'd make up once they weren't being chased or whatever. Uh, and then, and then uh, I, I didn't cry or tear Karna. up, but I was feeling emotional about it. <laughs> Another thing that's I hated why about Karna, when Mikazuki uh, beat it up, Karta, it was a lot like, fun oh, yeah, better in that when aspect. freaking Karta, I love when she's she kills Biscuit and has killed like a bunch of their other people, like and like the mobile workers and stuff. And then they kill like one of her like royal guards, like, you have killed one of my people, you were scum. It's like, you just killed like 10 of their people. Like also, it was really weird that Carter had like all blonde people on her team. Yeah, yeah, she likes those uh those blonde haired guys. Yeah, she had a uh, major crush on McGillis. So yeah, yeah, it's actually too sad because when... when Carter died and Galley 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 came to save her, she's like, "Oh, McGillis, you came for me." And McGillis like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Oh God. I lo- <laughs> <laughs> and then love... McGillis killed Galley Galley because funny joke, McGillis funny is joke. Fun character. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love too when uh. Galio first asked to be on Karta's squad to help out taking Tekken out of his revenge of just wanting to beat Mikazuki. Uh, I love that she's like, "Where, uh, where is McGillis? I thought McGillis would be here." And he's like, "Or she's like, where's the other guy?" And he's like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "You know who I'm talking about?" He's like, "No, I don't. The blonde one, McGillis. Where is he? I thought he'd be here. Oh, he's on vacation." And you can tell like she's ticked off that it's just Galio and she's not getting to work with McGillis. Yeah, she's like, uh, I thought that was really funny. It's like, uh, she didn't want you. She just wanted McGillis. Uh, she, find wants, out, uh, she wants the blonde person. <laughs> yeah, she, wa- she wants the blonde person who's hanging out with this nine-year-old fiance at the moment. That's I, I don't know if in season two they're going to find out anything about, like, if she finds out that he killed her, that she, he killed 
he killed him like his sister finds out that's that's kind of like screwed up when you think about it mm-hmm. mcgillis is like the guy he was like so apparently uh falcon mentioned to me there's like a mask man in every single gundam mcgillis is our mask man for the first season yeah uh it's actually i'm not sure how easy it is for them to uh like show it up show off or like for them to find out who it is but literally when uh the main character mikazuki saw Mc- fell the mask man for the first time like hey you're the candy guy and yeah. uh, ever and Orga and Biscuit were like, "What?" Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, yeah. they're like, he comes onto their ship and's like talking to them about something. I feel like yeah. that wasn't very suspenseful. I feel like they should have made it more. No, it, it really it wasn't, but it showed how, just how good of senses Mikazuki has. Because like, he his mask even has a wig, so like you can't see anything about him. It's just his voice, and his voice he's disguising it a little bit, but not by a ton. Um. Yeah, Mikazuki's not even like looking at him and just kind of like walks by and then just kind of like stops and like, oh, you're the chocolate guy. And Biscuit and Ori are like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh. And I think that's where he said he's like, oh, you you noticed or you figured it out so quickly or whatever. And Mikazuki acts like it's no big deal. Like, why wouldn't he figure it out? And everybody else is like, how did he get that? <laughs> yeah, that's where he's like, I want to work with you all. Here's the steal. Only thing is, is you can't mention who I actually am. Like, he's like, if you do that, the deal's off. Because and then he, he was just like playing both of them too. Like he gave the location kind of. of them on the train. It was so weird. He was such a weird character. That's why he was mis- mysterious. That's why I mentioned that. He, he, he has goals of reforming Gallerhorn, mm-hmm. and he needs Tekken in to do that. But he also can't tell them about everything because he can't have them knowing too much, or else it would look suspicious. Is my reasoning for it? Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I'm sure he's going to be either. He's going to be more pivotal in season two or even end up being the final enemy. I could see him being like the final bad guy. You find out like that his Gallerhorn reform is actually going to be worse. And so they have to take him out. Spoiler alert. But, his, they have an episode. The second to last episode of season two is literally his name. So I don't know. If yeah, that I saw that. He, I was like, oh, okay. important or he dies or something. I don't know. I feel like he's going to be the main bad guy. The masked people in Gundam from the ones I've seen have usually been bad guys. What? No way. What? Crazy. Oh, crazy. Why else would he be wearing a mask? I know. He could just dye his hair red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but right, yeah, I want to mention for spoilers. Yeah. Um. Well, we kind of already mentioned about Akihiro's brother. Mm. I almost said Akihiko again. I'm glad I caught myself. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to correct you, my friend. Yeah, no, that's that's what you're here for. You're here to correct me, make sure that's I don't true. do anything too stupid. Nothing else. It's your podcast. Get us canceled. I'm just to correct you. I mean, it's kind of your podcast. You're the one who came up with the idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you don't know, you know what I'm talking about. How am I a bird when you call me chimp all the time? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Listen, Condor. Listen, Condor. I am just very tired today. How, okay? many, how much hours of sleep did you get, Mr. Falcon? I mean, I got more than you. I just don't wake up very quickly. All right, then. Shut. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, 7.5, Ayn's the worst character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else, really. Nah. Uh, do a quick thinking of the brain uh, and the uh, brain case. A forewarning. A forewarning. I've uh, I've spoiled myself for some of the season two character deaths. So um, if you like, if you're interested in watching the show for season two, be warned, there is a lot more character deaths, especially more mm-hmm. characters of the main crew. So yeah. don't hold attachments to any characters. Yeah, this is uh, this is very much a Danganronpa situation, if you will. Uh, I wouldn't say Danganronpa because that's like no, a mystery okay. and just, just like solve the mystery. It's just like, this is literally just like boom, boom, boom. It's like war. It's just war. We could say Hunger Games then, very Hunger Games-ish. People are just going to be killing. No, uh, it's different. No, stop. <laughs> it's this war. Fine. Uh, see, Hunger Games is like they're all in an area and they have to kill each other. This this anime is just them like just fighting. 
There's no like they can literally flee if they want to. In Hunger Games, they can't flee because there's they're no matter what they'll be chased down. Yeah, I mean they, they don't have a choice. They have to they have to do it. But it, did you ever watch Mockingjay or read Mockingjay? It's no. different. Well, I'm sorry that the movie decided to make it different. Well, the, the the book and the movie are just different from the Hunger Games. They're not actually in Hunger Games anymore. Oh well, I'm sorry. I did not. I don't watch <sighs> just. I'm gonna go read. Mocking Jay was really not that good of a book, but that that Oof. is a topic for another day. But, but I read I I all the first Hunger Games in a day. I read all Catching Fire in a day. I spent five months reading Mocking Jay because it was trash. But you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Sounds like you wasted uh, five months of your life. Uh, I read like a chapter like every other week. It was like this is just bad. Uh, yeah. Can we get an F in the chat for Falcon? Anyway, <laughs> this has been our talk of Gundam Iron Blooded Orphan season one. Hopefully, it wasn't too trash. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, like I already Gundam said earlier Bro-Bur. at Bird Bro Pod on Twitter. If you want to check up with our Twitter feed, uh, you can find me on Twitch at Final Falconberry. If you want to watch me stream and have Condor usually there, memeing, it's always fun, you know. Uh, otherwise, anything else we need to talk about before Spice and Wolf next week? Um, I, I'm looking forward to the furry anime. The furry anime? Oh, okay. You, you want to be furry full-time now? Uh, I guess we're doing Beastars. <laughs> oh, oof. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We're doing Beastars now. We're doing Spice and Wolf. <laughs> no, we'll be doing Spice and Wolf. Uh, yeah. Uh, this has been it, guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too, too bad. Too cringe. Yeah, too cringe. Too, uh, too crazy brain my whirly cog up in my brain case not doing too well today you know this is what happens when two boys get minimal amount of sleep yes exactly (laughs) well we'll see you all next week for spice and wolf season one goodbye have a great time until then later